Hey, this is Dan Ellis from the Godless Revolution podcast, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. You just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims That's something to be ashamed I'm an atheist Oh, not true, we're more for candy Well, this is Left of the Valley My name is Kevin, and I think Orion's belt is a waste of stars I know, it's not a great joke I'm gonna give it a three star <laughs> A dad joke within a dad joke Exactly Joining me as usual is a team whose candy bag needed to be checked. In a corn maze, she felt like she was being stalked. It was eerie. Nancy. Ooh. <laughs> oh, another one. Yeah. And if she had a DeLorean, she'd drive from time to time. <laughs> Kirsten. <laughs> I would. Ladies, welcome back. So, <laughs> yeah, slow claps. A, a, new, a new month. Where did October go? It was just, it was like a, you go to sleep and you wake up the next morning and the whole month Where is gone. Where did the year go? I know. Yeah. It's been one hell of a year. Yeah. As my father in his wisdom used to say, life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it spins. <laughs> it's quite an apt analogy, actually. It is. Life can be pretty shitty. <laughs> 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 right. So today we'll be talking to Lord Beelzebub, and we'll be talking about horror houses, not horror houses. Don't Good get job. so excited. Horror houses. But first, let's do a bit of chit chat. Um, did you? I want to. I want to talk really quickly because we didn't have a chance to do that. We just had the federal election in Canada. Yes, we did. The um, liberals were reelected with a minority government. Any thoughts? I'm just. I'm glad. just glad Sheer didn't win. Yeah, I'm just. Okay, yeah, that's exactly it. I'm just glad. I mean, I'm not the political one of the group, so you're not. I left that half at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not all that political either, but um, I mean, in terms of Canadian politics, but well, that was the one. The one thing I think all of us, you know, said as long as he doesn't win, yeah, exactly. you know, it, it can't it's, be that bad. It's not one of the result I was kind of hoping. Uh, I was kind of hoping that this year we would actually finally get out of the red and blue dance that's been going on forever. And it has not been the case. I was kind of hoping the NDP would push through or the Greens yeah. are a bit of both. That did not happen. So it seems we were still doomed to this, although we have several parties, but it's still like two parties really. Yeah. Um, I think we have too much influence from the, from the Americans. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, it could have been way worse. It could have been way worse. Um, I don't like politics as much as the next guy either, but I understand its power, so therefore that's why we talk yeah. about it. So, uh, so uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau goes on for another mandate. It's going to be interesting what's going to happen to Sheer because a lot of people have been saying, you know, with the scandals that have been hitting the the Prime Minister. This was like shooting in an empty net for a hockey analogy, very Canadian. And he missed. He really, really missed. Uh, so it's, it's interesting to see what's going to happen to that guy if he's going to stay leader. I think the mistake he made as a conservative um, is that uh, he went with the American way of conservatism, social conservatism. Uh, Canadians are not social conservatives. 
they can be they can have some conservative values, but it's usually in regards to fiscal spending and stuff like that. Social conservatism does not really have a place in Canada, not a big one, and I think they made it look bigger than it really was. So I think a lot of people decide to vote conservative just because a lot of Canadians do that, right? They vote against somebody. You don't vote for somebody. Yeah. I think a lot of conservative votes were against the, the current prime minister uh, because if you actually went down and examined the platform of the conservatives, it was actually horrendous. It was really, really horrible. You know, you talk about you know anti-abortion stuff and stuff that has been settled in this country for a long time now. So uh, hopefully, uh, <laughs> I hate to say this, but hopefully it'll bring a better player next time because this guy was really shitty. Yeah. Well, I'm the, seeing that as a guy who's not a conservative. So. Yeah, I, you know, we're Canadians. We're going to deal with it. It didn't turn our world upside down. We don't have, you know, a, a complete um, uh, an adjustment in terms of overall politics. I think things will go on mm-hmm. pretty much as, as, as normal and as usual. And thank goodness that's where Canada needs to be. Yeah. We're the voice of reason. And, and I, I'm just glad we didn't go yeah. the way to the U.S. or the U.K. Yeah. with some idiot at yeah. the helm. Yeah, like, I like the fact that I can still get married to Christina. That's yes. a really nice fact, and it's still yeah. viewed as, like, being valid and legal because that... Uh, yeah, I know. I, we've had legalized marriage like that for, what, almost 20 years now? And the f- sky has not fallen. Oh, my God. Who would have thought? Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, uh, speaking of um, controversy and, and politics, uh, did you guys hear that the province of Quebec has moved to give new immigrants a provincial value test? Really? Yeah. So this is interesting. This is about to start January 1st, 2020. It only pertains to the regular immigrants. Refugees and those that are coming through uh, family reunification programs are exempt. The, uh, the promise, this is a promise from the Coalition Avenir Quebec. Uh, it was an electro- electoral promise. Um, the uh, Premier, Francois Legault, says it will be similar to the test that uh, Canada, for Canadian citizenship. So this is essentially a test that... Um, let me give you an example. Years ago, the Dutch, for example, came up with it, which I thought at the time was a brilliant idea, even though a lot of people thought it was controversial and should not exist. Um, immigrants from different, very different parts of the world. Uh, let's let's say, for example, here somebody, let's say, from the Middle East that went to decided to go to Holland. What they would do is they would have this old VHS tape, shows you how long ago it was, right? And, and they would play this tape, and you would see life in Holland as it is every, every day. But you would see things like a gay couple kissing or, you know, um, women walking without a hijab and stuff like that. And they would basically say, look, if watching this video offended you, you need to really reconsider your application because this is life in the country. Okay. And this is something you can't bear. At the time, I thought this was brilliant. But people thought it was basically a way to discriminate against new immigrants. When so, were they? When were they shown the video? At what point? Uh, when, when they were making the application. Oh, they, oh, yeah. No, that was that. That's what I was hoping. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. went along the. I, I I can see the point, kind of a little bit, as to why they would do that. Like, if you're offended by this, do you really want to come here? Should we? Is this something? And this is one of the rare instances where I actually agree with people that are conservative. This is actually something I think we should do. For all immigrants, you know, life in Canada is a certain way. And, you know, if, you're gonna, if you come here and you think you're going to find little Italy here or little Greece here or, little, or even another version of the United States, no, this is, not, this is not the country for you. And if this offends you somehow, you really need to reconsider moving to this country. Well, do you think that ought to hold true regardless of the country that you want to immigrate to? I mean, if we go to China, if we go to Portugal, if we go to South Africa, 
it, it's totally different, and I don't know how no. many people are prepared for the, I, I don't want to say culture shock, but the cultural differences yes. and whether or not we're going to be comfortable yeah. in that life or not. And I'm, I think part of it, too, might be like, I know you were saying immigrants, but like why you're going there. Mm-hmm. Yep, can yep. go into that as well, but you were specifically talking about the immigrants. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing because you can mm-hmm. flip this around if you want to, right? Mm-hmm. Because if, if, for example, it, they were to do this in, let's say, Saudi Arabia, and I'm immigrating to Saudi Arabia and say, here in Saudi Arabia, our women are not, the women are wearing the veil. And if you're not accepting that, then maybe you should reconsider moving here. So this can go both ways. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's exactly, exactly so, it. So, yeah, so and you, I think that's kind of the fair, like the fairness in that. I think it's so. not just a one-way ticket. Yeah, because mm-hmm. as much as, you know, as a new immigrant might want to come here and, for lack of a better word here, impose their values onto the Canadian public, we have to remember that sometimes us, as people in the West, go out there and try to impose our views as well on others' mm-hmm. cultures. Yeah. But I think there are some points there, but sometimes, you know, this, this, this is where you get frictions between the cultures, right? Yeah. Uh, universal human rights, should they be respected by absolutely every culture? We, we have a tendency to say so, but another culture might say no, right? Exactly. So this, anyway, an interesting debate, but for some other time. Um, here in BC, BC is moving to introduce uh, permanent daylight time. Yes, I know. We this, were talking supposedly, about this. this is going to be the last. I think the government is um, coordinate, not coordinating, but I think they're talking to um, California and Oregon. Yeah, yes, because they to, have to all do it at yeah. the same time. Yeah. yeah so th- this this weekend, where uh, clocks are falling back, mm. uh, don't forget to do that. So, how do you feel about that? I don't know. I mean, personally, I mean, I understand that. Uh, the, the whole reason it was done, and uh, and it's not because of what you think. People used to think it was done because of agricultural means, and that's not the reason. It was actually a war measure. Because when people, uh, when the time would change, and you didn't want the lights on, because in the middle of the night, they're easy targets, right? You didn't want the lights on early in the morning, the yeah. easy targets for the planes to bomb. So that was the whole reason for daylight changing time. Uh, with with the the advent of computers and international global trade, I don't think it's going to make that huge of an impact. It's going to be a bit different, but are we even going to notice in our everyday life? Well, I mean, if you look at it this way, like my phone, for example, I don't have to change the time on no. it. It automatically does it. So it just, it's like, oh, yeah, no, okay. It's uh, Let's face it. When it comes to spring, you really hate to lose that one hour, don't you? We all yeah. do. Yeah, I do. Fall, it's nice. You get to gain an hour. but uh, it's I, just, I just hate the dark at 430 because yeah, well. I, I don't drive at night anymore, and so it's like, uh, unless I get a ride or, you know, go someplace with a group, you know, I'm, I'm essentially, help, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in my own horror house, I can't yeah, get but out. Does that mean now it's going to be dark at 530? Hmm? Uh, that's what I'm kind of wondering here. It's yeah. going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so. It's because Nancy does all. Oh well, I'm a good, mm-hmm. I'm a good Nancy daylight all, savings. Does type. all our best work at night. <laughs> yes. So. I mean, either way, I'm not. I'm not one of those people that's super bothered by that one hour difference, losing yeah. or gaining. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like we said, California, Washington, and Oregon were also proposed the same move, but they are waiting for Congress approval. So that could take some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, no date is set for the bill uh, to take hold uh, yet. Um, in other news, um, there's new research that says the measles. Now, which has been making a resurgence because of the anti-vax movement, uh, might have long-term damage to the immune system, w- which is worse than we thought. Mm. Uh, because what they're saying here is it actually might be leaving you vulnerable long after the initial bout, 
The two studies of uh, unvaccinated kids in an Orthodox Protestant community in the Netherlands points to the measles, quote, wiping out the body's immune memory. So in other words, if you get the, the disease would kind of affect the body in a way that the body doesn't remember fighting off other diseases as well. So it leaves your immune system weakened. But let's say, for example, you got you were vaccinated for chickenpox. According to these studies, it's pointing out that the measles might be affecting the body's response to chickenpox as well. Oh, no. So you would need to get re-vaccinated for those others as well. Because it's kind of like erasing that memory of like how to deal with it. Yes. In a way. The body doesn't remember how to deal with it Fuck. anymore. Yeah. So uh, apparently this is... Uh, uh, apparently, the disease has been uh, can eliminate eleven to seventy three percent of antibodies in the Yikes. body. So this is uh, Professor uh, Stephen uh, Lodge. Uh, this is from Harvard Medical. Um, he says it's a much greater threat than we thought. Uh, Seven million people each year are, are affected by measles, and uh, it causes over a hundred thousand deaths. Uh, he calls it this immune amnesia. Might mean that children may need to be revaccinated for other benign diseases. So measles apparently is a much greater threat than we expected at first. Mm-hmm. Makes me happy I have not had it. Yeah, and of course I can hear right off the bat the conspiracy theorists here. Oh yeah. No, no, no. It's fine. They're just doing this to scare you so you can be vaccinated some more. I can just hear it. Mm. Like, like, like you really want to be revaccinated for rubella for no freaking reason, right? No. Yeah, yeah. It's like. <sighs> I don't like being stabbed in the arm. No. <laughs> Thank you very much. Nancy stabs you very gently, very slowly. <laughs> she looks at you directly in the eyes, too, when she does it. Sure, gently and slowly <laughs> is better. Well, I mean, gently, yes, but slowly? <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, ladies. My dear Nancy, you got a top ten for us? Yeah, a weird one. Okay, weird well, one. Well, they're all weird in their their own way. Most Kevin's is, in a weird mood. This, yeah, this is... The top 10 astonishing miracles. But I'm not going to do 10 of them because they're kind of long. I'm going to do five. Oh, okay, is so this is, is the is top like, five. Like miracles are just in one religion? or is that... Yes. No, these are the top documented, um, mostly Catholic, okay. miracles okay. that I think are so interesting when you, when you think about when they occurred, where they occurred, and to how many people. Because, you know, miracles have to go through a certain process in order to be considered a miracle. Anyway, these are really fun. They're weird, <laughs> and they're, they're really fun because of, of um, you know, the, the nature of them. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking and do the miracle. Bring it on. Yeah, there we go. All right, the first one, a miracle is of Joseph of Cupertino. Who knew? 1603 to 1663. So Joseph of Cupertino is an Italian saint. He was said to have been remarkably unclever, which I I love that. But prone to, here we go, miraculous levitation, intense ecstatic visions that left him gaping, and in turn he's recognized as the patron saint of air travelers, aviators, people with a mental handicap, and weak students. See, you, see, th- see, I was it, about to say, I'm so glad you didn't look at me when you said unclever, but you said weak student, and you turned right at I, me right off the I, bat. I, I, well, and it's not easy to turn, everybody, <laughs> but, but it was, shows you how intentional that turn was. <laughs> anyway, he was, <laughs> anyway, he was canonized 
in 1767. So on October 4th in 1630, the town of Cupertino and the California town was named after him, held a procession on the feast day of St. Francis of Assisi. So Joseph was assisting in the procession when he suddenly soared into the sky, as as people do, where he (laughs) remained hovering over the crowd. Sure, it wasn't like a tornado? Well, I don't know. It depends. (laughs) There's so many things that are... I'm just going to go back to this. Thank you. Anyway, when he descended... And realized what had happened, he became so embarrassed that he fled into his mother's house and hid. So that was the first of many flights. Well, soon hold on here. How come he, he, he just flew and the guy's he embarrassed? He flew. And he oh, my God. I can't believe you well, guys saw it. And, and then he got the nickname the Flying Saint. I can, I can find an analogy here. Has anyone seen that video of the gymnast and the springboard when it breaks? Uh, no. Okay, well, you know the springboards that they yeah, use? Yeah, yeah. Well, they go to use it, except it breaks and sends them a lot further than intended. <laughs> <laughs> if only they'd had these in the 1600s, we would have had a totally different story. If only had them now. <clears throat> anyway, Joseph's most famous flight allegedly occurred during a papal audience before Pope Urban VIII. When he bent down to kiss the Pope's feet, he was suddenly filled with reverence for the Pope and was lifted up into the air. He experienced ecstasies and flights witnessed by thousands. That intrigues witnessed by thousands. Anyway, during the last Mass, which was on the Feast of Assumption in 1663, um, so the um, the headquarters um, of uh, Apple and so forth are in Cupertino, which was named after the saint. But that's what's intriguing is that he was made a saint because all of these flights were witnessed by thousands. What kind of mass visions were these people? Well, well first of all, first of all, we, we can extrapolate from what you said that he was uh, in ecstasy and, and yeah. peace and all that, that he wasn't flying United. We know that right off the bat, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just, you know, it would have been fun to have been one of the thousands to see him you know, as you say, a yeah, small that's tornado. Like, that's like that's like that that letter from Paul saying, "Yeah, Jesus was witnessed by 500 people." Right? It's the same stupid thing. Yeah, I mean, it was the 1600s. It could have been 10 people, and by the time yeah, exactly. you know, it finally got okay. So here we go, N- uh, number four, Tilma of Juan Diego, Saint Juan Diego was an indigenous Mexican who reported an apparition of the Virgin Mary as Our Lady of Guadalupe in 15. 15- 31. He had a significant impact on the spread of the Catholic faith in Mexico, which is really interesting. Anyway, according to Juan Diego, he returned home that night to his uncle Juan Bernardino's house and discovered him seriously ill. The next morning, Juan Diego decided not to go back to, to meet with uh, the, uh, the apparition, but to find a priest <clears throat> who could administer the last rites to his dying uncle. Can you imagine deciding whether to go see an apparition or help your, your uncle? <clears throat> Anybody that has to worry about that, it's got some serious problems. <laughs> anyway, when he tried to skirt around this particular hill, because he decided to go see the lady, the lady intercepted him assured him his uncle wouldn't die and asked him to climb the hill and gather the flowers he found there. It was in, this is in December when normally nothing blooms, but off he went. He found the roses from the region in Castile in Spain, 
Um, and then the lady, the apparition, rearranged the roses carefully inside his tilma, which is like a cape or an apron where they could carry things. Anyway, and she told Juan Diego, don't open this tilma before anyone but the bishop. And you notice the poor uncle is still home dying, and this guy is getting further and further in, into the into these apparitions. Anyway, when Juan Diego unfolded the tilma before the bishop, the roses cascaded from his tilma, and an icon of Our Lady Guadalupe was miraculously impressed on the cloth, bringing the bishop to his knees. So the bishop acknowledged the miracle within two weeks, ordered a shrine to be built where the Virgin Mary had appeared, and the original Tilma is on display in Guadalupe and is one of the most frequently visited pilgrimage sites in the world. And no one ever knows what happened to the poor uncle. I'm worried about the uncle. (laughs) Anyway, that's kind of interesting that the Tilma is still part of. But anyway, that it was the apparition and the roses. That's kind of a sweet story, except for, you know, who... It's a nice little bit of flair. Okay, um, the next one is Padre Pio. Oh, he, he was in 1887 to 1968, so he uh, he lived quite a long time. Anyway, Francesco Forgioni, later known as Padre Pio, was canonized as Saint Pio, and I'm going to murder this name, Pietrelcina. He, he was an Italian Roman Catholic Capuchin priest who is venerated as a saint saint in the Roman Catholic Church. Anyway, he became famous for his stigmata. Based on his correspondence, even early in his priesthood, he experienced less obvious indications of visible stigmata for which he would later become famous. Though he would have preferred to suffer in secret, by early 1919, news about the stigmatic friar began to spread in the secular world. His wounds were examined by many people, including physicians. People who had started rebuilding their lives after World War I began to see him as a symbol of hope. I have no idea why. Those close to him attest that he began to manifest several spiritual gifts, including the gifts of healing, bilocation. I have no idea what bilocation. Do you know bilocation? got to look that way. I do not. Levitation, prophecy, miracles, extraordinary absence from both sleep and nourishment. One account says that um, he actually subsisted for 20 days with only the Eucharist without any other nourishment. I mean, these these stories just get Bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. bigger. Yeah, like the game of telephone, I guess. Anyway, um, and also he could read hearts. He had the gift of tongues, gift of of conversions, and the frag, um, gift of of, uh, conversions. His body is now on display in San Giovanni Rotondo. Yeah, wasn't there wasn't there like wasn't there uh, uh, an incident a couple of years ago where people were seeing water from the statue of Padre Pio and they were drinking it, but it turns out to be like something some some uh, sewer had broken and Ugh. yeah, something like yeah. that. Uh, by location, by the way, is the uh, state of being or the ability to be in two places at the same time. Oh yeah, oh good, thanks. So yeah. All right, let's let, we'll skip to the first one, which is the most famous miracle. Anybody remember any any stories of knowing what the oh yeah the, the, famous fa- the most the most famous miracle the 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 Catholic miracle is how they managed to still to, in twenty twenty have over a billion people believing this crap <laughs> <laughs> that's the most famous miracle. <laughs> <of that. laughs> 
I know. Surprisingly, it wasn't in this article. I don't know. I, know. I don't know. You got any idea? No. I no. bet you. Uh, oh, it'll be, hold what? on. The, uh, the, the three children and the, um, what's it called? The, uh, the revelation of, of uh, Our Lady of Fatima. Yes, Fatima. Thank there you. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, I think almost everybody everybody knows, knows that. And anyway, another word for that was the miracle of the sun. So this is an alleged a miraculous event witnessed and this is really this floored me it was witnessed supposedly by as many as a hundred thousand people on the 13th of october 1917 um in the fields near fatima portugal those in attendance had assembled to observe what the Portuguese secular newspapers had been ridiculing for months as the absurd claim of three ch- shepherd children, good one, Kevin, that a miracle was going to occur at high noon um, on th- this particular site. So according to many witness statements, after a downfall of rain, the dark clouds broke, the sun came out, uh, and it was said to be significantly less bright um, but there were multicolored lights across the landscape. It was supposed to be, you know, a show of of, um, of, of the weather and the and the light <clears throat> after after the rain. And then the sun. Um, supposedly, people said that the sun actually careened toward the earth in a zigzag pattern, frightening a lot of people who thought that was the end of the world. And some witnesses reported that their wet clothes from the rain became suddenly and completely dry. So estimates of the number of witnesses range from 30,000 to 40,000, um, according to some of the, the, the newspaper. Um, and uh, some of the professors of natural science uh, were there, and they supposedly saw the sun careening. So the miracle was attributed by believers to Our Lady of Fatima, and um, the apparition of the uh, Blessed Virgin Mary had come to the shepherd children a little earlier and haven't been predicted by the children. Um, So the children reported that the lady had promised them that on the 13th of October, during this zigzag sun show, reveal her identity to them and provide a miracle so that everybody would believe. So the zigzagging of the sun was officially accepted as a miracle by the Roman Catholic Church in 1930. I mean, honestly, if I saw the sun zigzagging towards Earth, I'd be terrified too. Well, yeah. the, 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 well, the, the, the question is, is how the... 100,000 people, or whatever the amount is, come to see this mass hallucination. Because it has to That's be that. That's the question. It has to be that, right? Did somebody look up in the sky and say, oh my God, the sun is, because I believe they call it the sun dancing. Yeah. Right? Oh my God, the sun is dancing. And everybody just turned and all of a sudden saw what they thought they saw in their mind? I mean, how? I, I'd be curious to see, have an expert opinion on how, to, how mass hallucinations happen. Because... It's imposing. It's an imposing number. When you say 100,000 people, you think, oh, my God, it can't be yeah. that many idiots. I mean, were they people that just thought, well, if I say I didn't see it, people are going to, I'm not a believer, and so I better, go, oh, yeah, I saw it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, I saw it. Yeah. You see, and the same thing could be attested for just about every miracle. Even uh, yeah. uh, Mohammed splitting the moon in two, it had to be something like that, too, right? So it's, yeah. It'd be, it'd be really curious to... Actually, look into it. Yeah, to look into that. Oh, I'm sure there are books on mass hallucinations and crowd, um, you know, apparitions and things like that. Exactly. But anyway, it's kind of interesting. Well, thank you, my yeah. dear. That was very, yeah. very interesting. Different. 
Yes, my dear Kirsten, you have another brilliant moment for us? I do. Brought to you by religion. This one's a little different. It's a little bit less crazy than normal. Oh, well, we like crazy. <laughs> I, I know, but this one, it's just, it's kind of makes me look at people and be like, hmm. <laughs> but we'll see. There will be discussion after, I'm sure. So, Noor Alexandria Abu Karam. A high school student from Ohio was told she was disqualified from a cross-country race on account of her wearing a hijab. Okay. The Islamic head covering apparently violated the strict uniform rules set forth by the Ohio High School Athletic Association. And because her coach hadn't applied for a waiver, an official said her time wouldn't be counted. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how her hijab really... Why was the hijab considered a non... Um, it wasn't standard or whatever. It doesn't say in the article what the what the rules yeah. were, but it was outside the rules. But you see, these rules are met. The, the certain code uh, the, for the uniform, if you can call it that, for the sport is met in, in a way so you have an equal playing field. Yes. You can have an article of clothing that give you an advantage over other... Uh, but wearing a hijab doesn't really do that. And that's kind of where this comes in. And not only that... They didn't say anything before the race. She ran the whole race and only found out afterwards yeah. that her time was disqualified. Yeah, that sounds like that's, discrimination yeah. against her too at the same that time. That's, like kind of, really that's, why, that's why I said this is a little, little different because it's not so much discriminating against students because of their religion, but requiring them to do these extra steps because of that. Because there's this waiver that... Um, her coach was supposed to fill out and she has it has now since been filled out so she can take part in other races but the hijab doesn't give her any sort of extra edge no exactly right there's no edge to it and i mean i can see the waiver being a point for like if there was something to get like would that would be part of it but yeah. this just seems really silly it's mean, and it, unnecessary it, it's really incompetence you know that things went that far and and no one took care of the paperwork or or, or asked about it yeah. or the, the the officials didn't come over and say something before i mean yeah. it just it, and this poor girl you know who trained who yeah. was ready to do this you know and um you know her heart was probably broken i mean well, i can only imagine how she i mean felt. there is a quote she said that she was totally humiliated sure. and she says i felt like a clown i'm running this race and i have been disqualified and everyone knows it except for me oh yeah yeah i mean this it's is one of those it's that, stupid as much as i don't it's like stupid. the idea of women wearing a job this one you, you gotta give it to her i mean she's i definitely feel for her in this one that's why i said this was a little different and kind of looking at a different side of things as i do from time to time it's yeah, like yeah, this seems like a really unnecessary thing that they have and it does kind of seem like they're making them do these extra you can't, you yeah, can't this, should have, this should have been cleared before she even got yeah and i know before that team ever made but, it to that level whatever yeah. it should have but in, in the fact that it hasn't that what do you do then you just give her the. I'm sorry. Maybe I missed the part. Did she actually win a medal, or did she? Uh, for this race, it didn't say anything. Um, she was disqualified, but she had. Did she actually was one of the winners or wrong? It does not it say. say. Okay. Uh, like her time was just not counted. Um, I know she since that race she has applied for and received the waiver in time for postseason races, but. Yeah. Yeah, it would, it would be even a worse story if she had came in first or something like that. Yeah, because uh, that would have been like. 
What yeah, the hell? Exactly. exactly. Um, a spokesman for the OSHAA said that they were looking at the specific uniform regulation and poten- to potentially modify it so that the religious headwear does not require a waiver. So like something like this. And it wasn't like the full job. It was, you know, the athletic ones that like Nike and that will do. Well, like, I'm not exactly sure about the athletic it's, ones. It looks like it's a material that looks like it's more designed to deal with like sweat wicking and stuff like that. So it's still like the covering... Like a little, it's like a close hoodie. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, ooh, that's a gray zone, isn't it? I it, mean, yeah. it really is. But like, the world is not black and white. And I just wanted to look at this and be like, is that, that really? It just seems silly to me to have that waiver. And it seems very much like not really having an equal playing field because that's not although i must admit i i'm kind of proud of ourselves because right off the bat i mean we do an atheist show yeah and we can even say i'm anti-religious in many ways yeah yet at this point in this story we're actually defending her and her right now she wear this uh you know which kind of goes against her her, our primal instinct of being atheist i guess but in, in this case she's absolutely correct like the way i look at it is yeah we like i don't necessarily like religion and things like that but in this case, like if that's her choice to wear it and she yeah. wants to wear it, it seems silly that this they would disqualify all of her hard work after she's run the race exactly, yeah. on something that is kind of silly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It is very silly. Hmm. No, is- I'm definitely, I'm 100% on her side. Oh, oh yeah. what does the audience think? You let us know. Send us an email at left uh, at valley at outlook.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Kirsten. That was welcome. Fun. That's all you have for us today? That is. I figured there was going to be a, a little discussion one. on that one. So. A, yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. little discussion. All right, let's take a quick pause, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Lord Beelzebub, and we'll be talking about horror houses, horror houses. <laughs> <laughs> Say I, that five times I'll, slowly, I'll ten times quickly. I'll never live that down, will I? All right, we'll be right back. What's up, heathens? I'm the Godless Engineer, and it would be great if you could join me on my YouTube channel. Over there, we post videos every day. On Mondays, we normally post a response video of some kind. Tuesdays, we post our daily Bible podcasts that I record with KC. Wednesdays, we read comments. Thursdays and Fridays is conspiracy theory and flat earth stuff. And we have a new segment that runs Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays that is Today I Learned from KC. Hi, y'all. So please join us over on the YouTube channel, Godless Engineer, where we always stand up and use our voice. I'm Amy with a Y. And I'm Amy with an I. And we're the hosts of Secular Soup, where each week we offer up a bowl of real talk about atheism, feminism, politics, parenting, and whatever else we want to talk about because it's our podcast. Just listen to what these random dudes are saying about our show. This is what would happen if Daria and Jane grew up and started a podcast. So if you like extremely foul-mouthed ladies with opinions, this is the podcast podcast for you grab a bowl and taste the magic slurp even this who thinks the world was created by a man in a cloud in six days who then needed to rest i love that he's so powerful he can create the universe but then he's pooped i mean how how can we have the same brain <laughs> I'm sorry to say we don't have the same brain. I mean, there's, there's a great variation. One of the main principles of the Darwinian theory is plenty of variation for natural selection to work on. And there's, sure enough, very plenty of variation in brain power. All the way, all the way from Einstein on the one hand to Sarah Palin at the other. 
the show today, we have Bob Miller, a.k.a. Lord Bimelzebub. <laughs> he's a YouTuber, and he's a, he's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. My dear Lord Bimelzebub, thank you so much for joining us at Left of the Valley. Yeah, I think you're massively overestimating my sense of style and ability to dance, but it's nice to be here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually a prerequisite to come on the show. <laughs> Well, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, for for uh, for those of our audience that might not have seen your uh, your channel, there, maybe you'd be so kind to explain to us who you are and what you you uh, you doing out there. Uh, yeah, um, I'm B Millsabub, and actually, you've done a fantastic job pronouncing it. Um, much better than most of the first few times. Um, but uh, yeah, I I make YouTube content usually twice a week, but I've been feeling a little um, fatigued lately by all the live streams I've been doing. So I've cut it back to one video a week. But uh, mostly I make atheist-based content. Um, more specifically, I tend to go after the Catholic Church because that's my experience. I was raised Catholic. Um, and the uh, I consider it to be the flagship show on... My channel is a monthly show I do called Criticisms of the Criticisms of the Catholic Church, where I break out my Catechism of the Catholic Church, pick a doctrine, and tear it apart. Going after the Catholic Church is that like low hanging fruit? Well, you'd think that, but it's one of the largest religious institutions, one of the wealthiest in the world. That mm -hmm. holds a lot of power. So, low hanging fruit, maybe, but. It's uh, somebody's got to necessary. Pick <laughs> somebody's got to pick that fruit. <laughs> yeah. All right. So today we'll be talking about. Now the girls have been, you know, mocking me for this. Let me let me be uh, precise here. Horror houses. Good job, Kevin. Well done. And, and not horror houses, <laughs> which is also a fascinating subject. But the first one today, because um, we'll have to break uh, bring back uh, Bud there for the other show when we do horror houses. But today we're just doing a horror houses. <laughs> yep. All right, hold on a sec. <laughs> Corey just walked in. Kevin, future Kevin, edit this. <laughs> oh boy. Let's let her finish her thing here so we don't have a lot of background noise. That's okay. Take your coat off. We're we're painting this guy by the minute. Where am I not getting paid? This is community service for you. What did I do? Why is the dog barking? She agrees with me. Max wants to bark now. Oh, geez. Poor Bud. <laughs> well, that was a great show, wasn't it? We were so professional. You can tell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, That's Kevin's about my level of professionalism, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Kevin's going to have fun editing this afternoon. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. That's okay. Take your... I can hear everything. The keys clanging. The coat swinging. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> Sorry, I was just noticing that you don't have your usual mic. I know, right? No, I noticed that because... <laughs> I've got I, Nancy's I, mic. I'm like... 
<laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, no, uh, I know that because I, I, I realized he had changed. Uh, see, see, uh, but uh, Ben, and the thing is, is that I usually have a condenser mic for me, but the girls have been complaining for years now that you hear me breathing like Darth Vader in it. So <laughs> I decided to switch the mics today, so maybe they don't hear me <laughs> so much breathing. Uh, All right. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> okay, so today we were talking about horror houses, which is a U.S. phenomenon that is uh, trying to make its way up here to Canada. So maybe you'd be so kind, bud, to explain to us, or my my dear lord, Emil's above, to explain to us what is a horror house. All right. So they actually go by a couple of different names down here. It's either horror house uh, the one I went to called itself a judgment house, but I think the most commonly used name for it might be Hell House. Mm. And the concept, as far as I understand it, is uh, geared towards children, you know, like fairly young kids, you know, someone you wouldn't let watch a R-rated movie, um, all the way up to teenagers. Um and what they tend to do is they'll some get right into it, you know, and just get straight into the fire and brimstone punishment of it. Um, but the one I went to actually used a narrative, um, which I'm sure you'll want to get into later. And you go further in or deeper and deeper into you know, the bowels of hell and, you know, everything's getting worse and worse as you go. Um, but yeah, the main point is to drive in the, the wages of sin is hell and hell is somehow, you know, somehow an eternal punishment is deserving of finite crimes. So instead of making like a haunted house with spooky ghosts and goblins, basically they're making you or the person go through what they, they, their interpretation of a journey through the, the Christian hell? Yeah, basically. It's like Dante's Inferno, but without the, you know, literary talent behind it. Sure, because every young <laughs> child deserves to be traumatized every now and then, right? Of course. Uh, oh, definitely. Uh, so, so in, the, in, the, in this, uh, in these horror houses of uh, 2019, uh, do they get to meet like Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> you get some like lower levels of hell. He's got to be there somewhere, right? Oh, uh, but see, you, you'd think that, but down here, evangelicals think that uh, you know Donald Trump's going to be standing right there with Jesus, so. Oh, okay. Well, maybe maybe he's got a vacation home in hell somewhere. <laughs> I've been to Trump Tower. I've seen those bed bugs. <laughs> so 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 they're, 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 are they targeting younger and younger kids, or you say they're targeting mostly teenagers? And what 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 what, what do these quote unquote kids get to see once they're in there? Uh, well. <laughs> It, it kind of depends on the judgment house you go to. Uh, the one I went to was actually pretty tame, but that's, you know, mostly because this is a fairly small town, so there's a low budget. But <laughs> there are some in wealthier areas. Um, I think there was actually, like, a documentary movie made about it called Hell House, mm. um, where they get real theatrical and uh you know they they spend money on effects and all that you know but the the basic premise is basically to 
put the fear of God into younger audiences or any audience really and then at the end of, uh, at the end of the show they essentially invite them to, for for a, uh, a call to Jesus I guess for them to step up and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior yeah that's that's generally the call to action it's it's very similar to a chick tract. Yeah, you might you might have to explain because uh, I I did not grow up with chick track up here in Canada. I don't know if it, uh, if you guys know. What about you? Well, Nancy, you grew up. No, in, I haven't. You grew up in ancient Egypt. That's not the same. <laughs> uh, but you might have to explain the, the the whole chick track for a Canadian audience. Uh, chick tracks. Okay, so they're these little tiny pamphlets. You know, like a three by two pamphlet. They're not very big at all. You know, and they're these. Uh, shitty cartoon like like the funny papers but not funny um kind of like ziggy yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like ziggy um but uh yeah it, it it starts out you know with someone going like dying or something like that and going to hell because of course um you know and at the end there's this call to come to jesus and yeah, it's I, honestly I didn't grow up with them either. I didn't know chick tracks were a thing until I was watching the Bible Reloaded one day. So, so, it's, so it's essentially uh, a condensed sermon in cartoon form. Yep. Okay. Awesome. But less interesting. So, do, uh, from what you've seen down there in the in the U.S., do you think that a lot of kids fall for uh, these uh, horror houses? Of course they do. I, I mean, it's at least the younger ones do. Um, you know, because at, at younger ages, you tend to believe what you're told by grown-ups. And, you know, it's while it's mostly, you know, from the house I went to, kids doing the acting, which I thought was disturbing. Um, it's the show is run by adults. It's written by adults and you know, the guided tours through, you know, the house or by adults. Um, so you, you have all these grown-ups that are actually running the show and directing it towards kids. So, yeah, like the younger kids, I definitely think just eat it up because, well, a grown-up said it's true, so it must be. Uh, teenagers might be a little more skeptical, and then they're people like me who were just muttering bullshit under their breath the whole time. <laughs> it must be interesting as an adult. Like, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Even as, uh, myself as an adult, sometimes I, I have um, some malicious fun um, scaring kids here and there. Uh, no, playfully, of course. Play, don't look. Don't give me that look, Kirsten. I said playfully. <laughs> She's giving me that, that wagging finger judgment thing. No, no, I said playfully, but you know, to actually do something like that seriously to a child, I is wow, it's got to be. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, if you if you're a young child when you, you're talking about you know six or seven, you, you still are at the the age where you haven't quite gotten dreams and reality and uh-huh. your thoughts straightened out, and to be taken to a place like that by an adult. And then, you know, be open to really disturbing dreams and thoughts and, you know, and, and, and you know, what is God? You're supposed to love God, but if you don't, you're going to be punished and there's a hell. I mean, it, it's enough to, to really cause children um, 
you know a lot a lot of uh, uh, fears as they're as they're growing up. It's a it's a game changer mm-hmm. for a kid. I, I think it's worse than that because I think it's, it gets to a point where it's so confusing yeah. that when you're trying to rationalize it. Because, okay, the kids start with the premise, it's true, the parents told me so, right? So they're not going to question that. But then they're going to say, well, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to love God, but I'm supposed to be afraid of him at the same time. Yeah. Which is incompatible. Yeah. But I yeah. think at some point, the kids just say, well, fuck it. I'll just follow whatever instructions I've, I've been given. Because the more you think about it, it's inco- it, doesn't, it doesn't connect. There's, there's a dissonance in there somewhere at some point. It's like and, then, and then if you're in a small town... And as Bub said, if it's a low-budget horror house and it doesn't take, what do you do? Take them to Cleveland? To a big... <laughs> <laughs> do you then go to the bigger city and really give them the fireworks demonstration? Well, I mean, you don't, you don't need, really need to go to a horror house in Cleveland. Just Cleveland itself. You're just pretty good for the scary kids. I story. mean, if, you know, if I was a child psychologist, you know, I, that I'd be there. <laughs> Although those parents probably wouldn't take... Take their kid to a psychologist. Yeah, well, maybe they would. They feel the devil has gotten. Maybe I should be an exorcist, a child exorcist. Uh, there we go. And, and move. I, I see a business. I see a business opportunity and that's a what, T-shirt. That's possibly. what I love about you, Nancy. You see yeah. a business opportunity in everything Christian. I, I, either, I either see business opportunities or a good T-shirt in most of these things. So, thanks, Bob. Well, Bob's check out our merch store. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so uh, how how prevalent are these uh, horror houses? Because I'm seeing them really close by now. I've been I've been to Bellingham, which is right across the border here in, in the uh, north uh, north uh, west of Washington State, uh, and uh, they don't quite have a horror house, but they had what they call trunk or treat. Well, basically, they park all the cars at the church, and they open the <gasps> trunk, and the kids go from car to car yes. to do trick or treating. And of course, at the same time, they're passing all these yeah. messages from the church, right? So, how prevalent is it down 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 south where you guys are? Uh... I mean, where I'm at, it's not too prevalent. Uh, I mean, last year was the first time I ever saw one of these things happening where I live. But if you go to like the Bible Belt, I'm sure it's way more pervasive. The Bible Belt is not the entire U.S. Uh, no, actually, it gets worse when you uh, get to, like, okay, so there's the Midwest, there's the South, and on a line in between, there's the Bible Belt. Um, and then there's Texas. <laughs> yeah, Texas, let, let's not jump into that can of worms. We don't have the time. Uh, <laughs> Texas subscribers are like, fuck these guys. <laughs> you want to scare people to Texas, you just give them pamphlets, tell them to vote for, uh, mm. what's his name, uh, uh, that politician, Ted? Cruz. Ted Cruz, uh, yes. <laughs> That's right, vote Ted Cruz. No, no, uh, I give up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so. So I, I guess I, I guess what the church is trying to do here is essentially do some kind of a, a, a captive audience to really bring the kids instead of having the kids going from house to house, they're going from car to car, and you know you you have that captive audience that you can really instill the message you want. Uh, let's not forget that the, what they call the the um, that perfect age for four to fourteen years old is where the kids are all going to believe pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Try to t- try to teach them about a. Uh, a horror house at sixteen, eighteen. The kids are just going to look at you and say, "Are you kidding me? And this is a joke, right?" <laughs> so, 
Well, most most religions are that way, though. You get, you've got to get a kid by the time they're six, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and then you get you know strange people like us. It doesn't take, but but for most, you know, you've got to you've got to implant that before the the brain really starts to uh, uh, develop. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, got, it's got to get into those deep recesses of the the primitive brain. She said the brain has to develop, and she had that wishful look in her eyes when she looked at me. And I was like, oh, God, I wish his brain would develop. <laughs> you totally tell. <laughs> so, so my, my good Lord, Bimilzebub, uh, on your show, what what kind of other guests do you, I mean, you've explored the, the, the horror house, but what kind of other guests do you guys have on? Um, Besides ranting on the Catholic Church, of course. <laughs> I, uh, I've got this... Uh, show I do called apostate interviews where I have, um, it doesn't always actually have to be an atheist. Uh, I've had a pantheist or two on my channel. Um, you know, the, with exception of people who have been atheists their whole lives, which I've had a couple of guests, uh, who fit that. Um, yeah, the, basic rule to come on to that show is that you have to be an apostate from some religion. So, you know, typically, uh, pretty much all the pantheists I know count. So how come we've never been invited? <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. I thought you were a friend. No, no. <laughs> you're kind of putting me on the spot here, man. No, 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 no you're, you're, that's what I do. This show is a perfect reason why you haven't. No, <laughs> We we un- we uh, we understand. Maybe not Kevin, but the other two of us do. So, exactly. So, yeah. so do you, <laughs> yeah, maybe not Kevin. That's like <laughs> blame me again. So, <laughs> so you you feel you feel your message is going out there, or you feel that you need to put some bigger horns on your profile picture for people to to follow you. I mean, I wouldn't argue with a little more growth. Really, who would? <laughs> but, I mean, the the fact that anyone watches my videos at all, I think, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really appreciate anyone looking at it. Well, let's hope, let's hope we can bring you more uh, more listeners. I sure hope. <laughs> at least maybe one more, because we have, like, three listeners anyway. So, at least maybe we'll get one more. <laughs> so, what's coming down the road for you? And on your show, what's coming down for the, the, the Millsabub channel? Uh, well, uh, later on tonight, I'm going to be interviewing Kyle from the Utah Outcasts. Oh, uh, yes, yes. And this isn't on my channel. It's on God, Godless Cranium's uh, alternate channel, Alignment Unknown. I'm going to be playing a little D&D. But as far as what I'm going to put up Monday, I haven't the foggiest. <laughs> <laughs> couple of days right yeah, yeah, of yeah exactly that's plenty of, of time yeah exactly not a problem yeah you never know something interesting can always turn up at the last minute procrastination does have some benefits do you, oh, yeah. do you feel going back to the, the the horror houses do you feel that uh, kids that fall for that never really get out of it do you think it's a permanent trap or i mean can, can we can we qualify it as 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 child abuse i would th- i would say so absolutely Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look at it this way. You're taking them through this literal house of horrors, which is what hell is said to be. And you're 
traumatizing a child in a very literal way. I mean, that kid is probably going to have nightmares for however long. Mm. You know, it. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it's child abuse, and mm-hmm. it's probably honestly even worse for uh, the kids that were involved in the house I went to because, like, okay, so. We haven't gone over this yet, and I think it's really interesting because I don't know how typical it is of other judgment houses. But, you know, I mean, at the start, you know, there's a bunch of kids at a party drinking, doing drugs because, well, of course, that's what teenagers do. Um, Every last one. And, you know, one of them gets saved at the party because, you know, that's what happens. Um. But, you know, three three of the kids die, you know, and starting out, they're, it's going to be weird saying this, appropriately aged for the character, you know, like 16, 17-year-old yeah. um, kids playing those initial parts. But I noticed very quickly the, you know, further on into the narrative we got, the younger the kids got. Mm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Until we're actually in hell, and I'm hearing what has to be four, five, and six-year-olds wailing and screaming. Oh, Yeah, that's weird. Why would they do that? Uh, that sounds horrible. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah, yeah. why? Well, because, like you said, his target audience seems they, they seem to be. I think you'll agree with me. They seem to be going younger and younger, right? If you bring in a, a bunch yeah. of fourteen-year-olds, I don't think you're going to have the same impact. If you bring a bunch of six-year-olds, right? Oh yeah. So, although yeah. the actors can say, you know, the, the 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 ones doing the drugs and dying, which like that doesn't really happen. But anyway. And you can say, yeah, you see what's going to happen when you're a teenager. You might get into a party, blah blah blah. But then, the message as they further dig along, they attach. Their identity to it kind of goes into the subconscious a little more, like yeah, exactly. subtly looking at like they're getting younger and younger and younger. Which which is kind of odd because doesn't Christianity uh, and evangelical have have that age of uh, not the age of consent but the age of uh, responsibility where they they're actually responsible for 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 their deeds at this point. Oh, I, n- I never was involved with evangelical Christianity, so I'm not totally sure about that but i wouldn't be at all surprised i know in catholicism it's based on when you go through confirmation so yes eight <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like you understand what that means. well the bad thing yeah. i mean as, as, as you're, you're talking i'm thinking a child <clears throat> can go to the movies and be really scared some kids love it but a, a kid can go to a movie and get really really scared and maybe even you know be disturbed and have have nightmares but generally they get over it because the parents and other adults and their families you know explain to them the difference between reality and yeah. fantasy yeah. and mm-hmm. and they're comforted but in this case you have as you were saying, Bob, the, the adults, you know, who are supposed to be, um, uh, you know, the the, the 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 loving support for these children, they're the ones that are leading them into this yes. PTSD yeah. environment. Yeah, the, and, kids, the kids are seeing this. Yeah, back and, parents, and I is think, true, and the parents are like, yeah, it is. Yeah, they're reinforcing yeah. that fear rather exactly. than comforting them, being like, no, 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 it's going to be okay. It's like, no, yeah. it's not going to be okay. Yeah, unless you're unless you're going to be. Well, a, you smoke a joint, your eyes will explode, just like in that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you either you either believe and go to church and be a good boy, or this is or girl, and or this is what's going to happen to yeah. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's ab- absolutely. You know, and I actually kind of made an analogy in my video, like where young kids are concerned in movies. <clears throat> you know, they're there's going to be like a psychologist or something like that on the set. And if a kid gets too upset, they can talk to them, get reassurance that, you know, it's not real. It's, it's just a movie. It's okay. Yeah. But with this, it's, Oh no, this is very real. And you need to be very afraid of it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of uh, funny because you know, you would almost need a, uh, Dude, some kind of a club that would say that this is rated PG thirteen or this is rated uh, rated R, you know, for restricted. Are there any websites, Bub, where um, you can where they have a uh, a horror house display or explanation or whatever? Where you know you can go and take a peek, or are they pretty much underground and don't want the publicity of them to the outside world? Oh, I'm sure there are plenty of websites out there. Uh, I can't say I've ever really gone looking, but I mean, the churches that hold these things advertise. I mean, there was a banner out in front of the church that was holding the one in uh, my town for a couple of weeks before it even started. Mm. So they they advertise it. You know, oh, it's okay. not like it's not like a BDSM dungeon where it's a closely guarded secret. Um, no, that's, but, that's, that's next door. If you take the door on the left, that's when you get the BDSM dungeon. <laughs> and more likely than not, you'll find the pastor down there. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, um, it's it, it's a pretty messed up concept, and you know whoever came up with it. I don't mean this literally because I don't advocate for violence, but should be tag- taken out behind a woodshed and beaten with a garden hose. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think you should. <laughs> I'll totally advocate for that yeah. right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because right here, like, uh, we're starting to see these kind of effects co- coming across the board here in Canada. And for some reason, it seems to be the evangelicals. I don't, I've don't. i never heard of Catholic horror houses or anything like that. Although, although I'm, I'm not saying they, they don't exist. I'm just, I've never heard of it myself. But right here in Maple Ridge, if you take the little bypass, you know, the, on the way to Mission there, there is, right on the corner uh, at the light there, there is a church. I forget the name of the church. Uh, but um, often they have a display. They display the town of uh, Radiator Springs from the movie Cars. <gasps> right? <gasps> and they have, they have cars and they put big eyes on the cars that are parked there. Uh, but if you take, you pay close attention to the town, you realize, you know, it says, oh, there's the gas station. But on top it says, Jesus loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jesus saves <laughs> and this and that. I so saw the story right, on that. Right off the bat, they're, they're, they're doing this kind of stuff. And, of course, if, if you're a kid, you really like those big cars with those big eyes. And you got to be pretty young to do that. Uh, so <laughs> what, what does it really say about a religion when you have to be uh, passing your message in subtle ways like that because you can't really just say it out loud you have to actually you know like put it in a piece of cheese and feed it to the dog in other words mm. right why can't they just do mini golf yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly <laughs> I, I mean i'm kind of questioning your definition of subtlety if your idea of subtle is a big yellow banner with the word jesus saves on it 
Well, but, yeah, but it's, uh, in, it's in the town of Radio Springs, so the kids don't see Jesus Savior right off the bat, and neither do the adults. It's only when you pay close attention to the town and the decor do you see the subtle messages in there, right? Hmm. So, <laughs> the Radio yeah. Spring Church, you know, all of a sudden, you know, right beside the, the gas yeah. station and the tire place and whatever, right? So, <laughs> I, I, th- I think it really says a lot about the church itself and what state it is when they have to do things like that to bring new uh, believers. Because you can't, you can't sell this message to adults yeah. anymore. You just can't. Well, I mean... Technically, you can because for some reason there are adult converts, but I think the most disgusting tactic used on adults is going after them while they're grieving, kind of like uh, yes, I agree. What, what Ray Comfort did to Richard Dawkins. <laughs> Ray Comfort, I love it. <laughs> Banana Man Ray Comfort, yes. Yes, we're seeing his ministries up here now, too. Living Waters, yeah, they're Ooh. up here as well now. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much, but I really appreciate you being on the show with us today. But uh, the mic is all yours, my friend. Uh, be, be shameless. Uh, plug out your show. If uh, people want to learn more about what you do, where can they find you? All right. Well, I, I appreciate you all having me over on your show. Um, you my name now, is you might a few Bub, and you can probably hear my neighbor mowing the lawn right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like 40 degrees, and he's <laughs> Um but, uh, yeah, I'm B. Melzebub. I, uh, for now, I'm making once-a-week YouTube content, unless it's, like, a special show. Um, but, yeah, uh, mostly I go after the Catholic Church. And, again, my uh, what I consider the flagship show on my channel is Criticisms of the Catholic Church, where I pick a doctrine, go through the catechism, read up on it, and... Uh, Tear it to pieces. Fantastic. So send me <laughs> Sounds the like fun to me. Send, me. send me the links to your show. We'll put them on the notes uh, for, for the show, and uh, hopefully we'll send you some more listeners and all that. But in the meantime, before I let you go, i got to have you say, Hey, this is Lord Bimelzebub, <laughs> and I took a left of the valley. Hi, I'm Lord Bimelzebub, and I took a left at the valley. And that was Lord Bimelzebub. Oh, fun guy, nice guy. Yeah, interesting mm. guy. And, terrible uh, topic, terrible, terrible topic. topic. Yes, and it's kind of funny because it's out there, yet there's doesn't seem to be very much known about it. But it's one of these these just subtle things in the war, if I can use that term, the war for the soul of the population. <laughs> Does that, I, I wondered if um, those horror houses have to have a city permit. To run, or whether they can just because it's church it's, it's property. A, it's a good question, right? Yeah, whether yeah. whether or not they should be allowed to have a permit. Well, I mean, especially it's, it's usually done for one night. Or maybe yeah, two well, that's nights, the, right? you know. the same thing. I, I I find it astounding, and I can understand, you know, that you know you can have a religious conviction, but even the f- most fervent religious believer to see the fear in the eyes of a kid that you're causing yeah and not to reassure that kid later on says, no, no it's just a story i mean whether it's one night or five nights the the um the trauma is still yeah absolutely i, I think there. i think i think that's pretty that's a pretty terrible thing and it's one of the uh most underhanded disgusting tactics i think that yeah. the, the church can come up with as to attack kids at such a vulnerable age mm-hmm. to scare them into uh, compliance. They're, they're, you're trying to scare the kid into I know, they're, they turn into Republicans. It's terrible. 
<laughs> oh yes, indeed. Turn into Republicans. It could be worse, I guess. Yeah. Thank, thank goodness they're not voting yet. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies, and thank you to Lord Bimelzebub for being on the show, and thank you for listening. You can follow us at leftofvalue.com. You can follow us on uh, Facebook, on uh, Twitter at LETV Podcasts. Uh, you can send your email to left at valley at outlook.com. But uh, send your complaint to Nancy on the third floor, but beware of the incoming knife. Uh, what else am I missing? Um, give us a five star review where you find us. It helps us and helps others find the show. Uh, you could be like our friend Freethinker215 and become a supporter on Patreon slash LETV. There's much, much more behind the scenes you guys don't get to usually listen to, but they do. Uh, anything else I need to add? No? No, I don't think so. Next week, our old friend David Fitzgerald comes back. Oh. We love David. He's yes. one of our favorite guests. I need to get reading. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We'll be talking about time shards, and we'll also be talking about... Uh, we talk about Moses, I think. And I'll have to remember. I'll have to look at the conversation. And uh, we'll have uh, Jeff Cohen from FAIR talk about the bias in media. Ooh. And we'll also have the, the brazen atheist... And of course, around December, we'll also have our Christmas special and our end of the end of the oh. year look back at too the fast. Year that's by oh already. my goodness! It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Time just flies. Really I want to rewind to summer and do it again. I'm gonna yeah. blink, and it's gonna be my wedding. Yeah. 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 And then you're gonna blink, and you're gonna be old and gray like like me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I'm glad I don't have to worry about age. No, well, not everybody's <laughs> immortal like you, Nancy. That's right. Thank you so much, ladies. Until next time. Fighting this problem, religion is a disease. It comes from culture, only true on a regional scale. You're supposed to make love to you, Mike. You know that. <laughs> yes, well, you told I'm me. I'm not going to be making love to a microphone, but. Um... For the next two hours, it's her lover. She has to treat us such. <laughs> Some people might get jealous. She's <laughs> shaking her hands and oh my god, I can't believe this. <laughs> but, uh, Nancy, no, you get back no. to your line of cocaine there, we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, pun intended, I find it disgraceful That thousands of children are raped by priests And since they're holy men of God, they get away scot-free And the Pope does his very best to keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business, he loves money too much We know that they love the kids, but how the fuck can we protect them While they planning to molest them, we teaching them to respect them Respect them Fuck that. The system is broke down, working backwards, and the only action or tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained, millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful, but I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful. That many atheists are told to be quiet, you're not alone, speak your mind, time to let it be known. Skeptic and non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist, atheist, atheist.